Good evening, everyone. We are about to begin learning about Shmona Esrei. We've just concluded Birchos Kriyashma. We've made an introduction about Shmona Esrei itself. And now we're beginning the first bracha of Avos. The source of reciting Avos as the first bracha of Shmona Esrei is found in the Gemara in Megillah, Dafin Zayin Lebez. The Gemara quotes a brass which says, Minayin Sha'amru Avos. How do you know we have to say Avos? Shinamar Havu Hashem Bnei Elim. You have to render to Hashem the Bnei Elim. And Rabbi Dachananel there explains that the Re'ele means people who are strong. And these are the Avos who are Giburi HaTorah Mitzvah. They were warriors or strong people who embodied the Torah and Mitzvahs. And therefore it's appropriate to make a bracha commemorating these individuals. As we mentioned, one of the reasons why we have the Shemona Esri Brachos is to, come, to correspond to the 18 times that it says Shem Hashem in Telem Chavtas. And the first Pasuk in this parak discusses, where I mentioned Shem Hashem, is where it says, Ha'ul Hashem B'nei'elim, and therefore the first bracha is going to be Avos, corresponding to this first Pasuk. The importance of this bracha is actually found in Halacha. The Shulchan Aruch in Simeon Simeon Kuf Aleph, Sif Aleph says, that a person ideally should have Kavanah in all the brachos of Shemot Esrei, but if he's not able to have Kavanah in all of them, at least have Kavanah in the first one in Birchas Avos. And if he can't have Kavanah even for that, he has to actually go back. The Ramah says, nowadays we don't have Kavanah anyways, so it's ideally better to uh, move forward and not go back and say the bracha another time. But nevertheless, it seems to be that the bracha of Avos is very important in Shemona Esrei, and it's even Ma'akev in Kavanah, at least L'Chalchila, according to the Ramah. And the question is why? Why is the first bracha so important? Different Mepharshim have different explanations. One approach is that this bracha has many different important elements. The Rechashulchan, for example, explains you find that this bracha begins with the word Baruch and ends with the word Baruch. You have many Shemus Hashem, Elokeinu, Elokeinu, it's has its Samuch Lugulas Yisrael, Hasmichas Gula and even in itself, it has uh, m- mentions and references to Gula, maybe Goel, Be'ava. So it's a very important bracha, and because of its importance, we require an added level of kavara for uh, for this bracha. The Mishra echoes that idea in Sifkat and Gimel on that simon. He says, in, in Brachas Avos, we have a cedar, Shvach HaShamakam, we have a reference to mentioning the praises of Hashem, and therefore it's inappropriate to have thoughts that are distracting one from mentioning this bracha and saying this bracha properly. The Elia Rabbah, again, highlighting the importance of the different elements of this of this bracha, mentions in the name of, uh, the name of the Abu Jaham, that because you mentioned Gedulas Hashem v'zchus rishonim u'gu'ul asachronim, you mentioned Hashem v'zchus v'avos and the ultimate gula. It's something that we should focus on. The Kabbalah says there, there are forty-two letters in uh, this bracha corresponding to the Shem Hashem, which has forty-two letters. Again, reiterating the point that this is a very important bracha it has a lot of important ideas. That's one approach as to why we need kavanah for this first bracha. A second approach as to why we need kavanah for this bracha is because it's the beginning of a section. As we mentioned beforehand, Shmon Ezra is divided into three sections, Shvach, Bakasha, and Hoda. And the Bach quotes the Smak, who says that not only do we need kavanah for Birchas Avos, we really should have kavanah for the bracha of Modim. And he explains that Birchas Avos is the beginning of the first section of Shvach, and therefore we need extra kavanah for that, that bracha. And modim is, even though it's not the beginning, it seems to be, he explains, it's the essential part of the last section, which is hoda, and therefore you need kavanah at those times. And that's as well the reason why we need 
um, as an aside, because we need to have a further kavana for these brachos, and the act of bowing helps us focus and have intentions for what we're saying. Uh, it seems to be we already kavana for the middle brachos, those don't seem to have the same gravity as the beginning and end. Other Mephoshim take this idea that not only is Birchas Avos the beginning of the section of Shvach, it's really just the beginning of Shemun Esrei. The Drosos Ibn Shueb and Parshas Veschanan, one of the Rishonim, explains that ideally we should have Kavana for the entire first section of Shvach, the first three Brachos of Shemun Esrei, because they're really the initiation of Tefillah in general. And if, and if one can't have Kavana for all three, at least have Kavana for the first Bracha, because that's the beginning of Shemun Esrei. In the, in the language of the Safas Paneach, called the Osa Aldas Rishona for Osa. We have by, the idea by Kabanos, um, if the first act of the Avoda is done with Kabanos, that everything else follows through, and we assume the Kabanos um, of the next acts is associated with that first act. So the same applies to the Bracha, Brachos by Shimon Esrei. If the first Bracha is with Kabanos, we assume the rest of the Brachos are associated with that Kabanos that one initiated with. And more than just the fact that Birchas Avos contains many important ideas, and more than the, just the idea that it's the beginning of Shemun Esrei, the bracha of Avos contains an element which essentially requires Kavana. The Rav Avram ben Harambam in Simon Ayin Tess in his Chuvos explains that the reason why we need Kavana, at least for Birchas Avos, is precisely the same reason why we need Kavana for the first parasha of Shema. He explains that just like by Shema, we have a responsibility to have extra Kavana because there's a Kabbalah on the the same applies by the bracha of Avos, because it too contains Kabbalah's Allah Choshemayim. This obviously is reminiscent to the other tshuva of Rabbi ben Rabbah in his tshuvas in Birchas Avram, who explains it, that the Kabbalah of Shema and the Kabbalah of Tefillah are both Kabbalah Allah And as an aside, that's why the Rabbah in Hilchos Tefillah, when he explains what the Kabbalah of Tefillah is, he doesn't say, What's the kavana of tefillah per se? He says, what is the kavana? Without explaining what the kavana is for. And that's because this kavana of remembering and being omelif ne'amelech is not limited to tefillah. It's limited to shema because they're effectively the same type of, type of kavana. Both kavana of omach shemaim. And the omach shemaim that we're experiencing when we see avos, explains Rabbi Manoach, is that we mentioned that Akash Baruch Hu is the Mamsiyas Olam, he created the world, the Ashkacha so, and also we relate his Ashkacha. And by discussing the Avos um, and the bris that they've established with the Kash Baruch Hu, that leads the way and paves the path for us to have that, this special interaction with the Kash Baruch Hu, both recognizing him as the creator, but also him as being Mashkiach. And that's effectively the same thing that we say during Shema Yisrael, Shalokeno, Shabachan, as we mentioned, recognizing both Hashem as the creator and Elokeno, the one who's guiding our lives. And we're macabre upon ourselves to submit ourselves before Kash Baruch Hu in that experience. The question really is, why do we mention Avos at all in, in Shemona Esrei? On a simple level, explains the Rokeach, um, is because the Avos were Misaki in Tefillah, and therefore we're commemorating by these Avos is Takana, by initiating, mentioning their names in the beginning of our Shemona Esrei. However, the Kuzari deepens this understanding and explains that the reason why we mention the Avos is to recognize not only the Milos Avos, the, the great character traits that they had, but the fact that because of their unique status and development, they've established a bris with the Baruch Hu, and that continues with us, ultimately leading to the ultimate geula of Kla Yisrael. And that recognition of a Baruch Hu in our world 
not only guiding us, but being our God because of this bris, recognizing that he's our Moshal and Mitzavah, something that is very important as we engage in our tefillah. And refresh adds, it's not just a recognition of Hashem as our ruler and commander, it's us recognizing that we are emulating our forefathers by joining in that bris, uh, similar to the idea of, basically, Rabbi's idea of we're joining in to join in the mission of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, joining in to his, and fulfilling his ratzon. And that's what we're initiating in the bracha of Avos. Other Mepharshim, as we've, we've explained in the introduction to Shemona Esri, explained that the reason why we're mentioning Avos is to basically introduce the rest of davening and give us a certain mindset to the bakash that we're going to be making. As the Rashba explains in his, in his parish, Agados Anshas, the reason why we have Shvach before Bakasha is to give us a mindset of how to approach the Bakashos. And by mentioning the Avos in the first bracha, we're recognizing the chest that Hashem has done to them and done to us. And that primes us to recognize that we're only able to ask a Kaddish Baruch Hu for anything and no one else can give us what we want except for our Kaddish Baruch Hu. One also notices that when we begin the bracha of Birchas Avos, we bow in the beginning and at the end. The Beis Alokim of the Mabit in Shahar Tefillah, Parakhas, explains that the reason why we need to bow is to signify to ourselves that we're, we should humble ourselves when we recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In this bracha, we're mentioning a lot of shvachos to Hashem. And this honor of being able to be Mishabeach HaKadosh Baruch Hu is itself an honor that we ourselves are not really privileged. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us the opportunity and we should recognize for ourselves we're not fitting for that, that opportunity. Adam Mepharshim, as we've explained earlier, note that the reason why we have to bow is to enhance our kavana and the bracha of Avos, as well as the bracha of Modim, both require bowing to allow us to actualize in a physical way the feelings of subjugation and humility, and that allows us to have better, a better mindset when we say these brachos. Refresh explains that the reason why we bow is to show obedience, as we're initially pledging before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to serve him and fulfill his will. That's the meaning of the word Baruch, and that's what we're actualizing when we say Baruch Ata Hashem. We're expressing that in actions. Potentially, they might be connected to the idea of Kabbalah Salah Hashemayim. We're initiating by subjugating ourselves to the will of HaKadosh Baruch and pledging ourselves to be obedient to him. We mentioned the Avos, we mentioned the Avos in detail. The Torah explains this is based off the Pasuk, the Medrash, which says, all refer to di- different avos. is referring to Lekei Avram. is referring to Lekei Yitzchak. is referring to Lekei Yaakov. But nevertheless, we conclude with only Magin Avram because it says in the Pasuk, you, Avram alone, will be the bracha. We're not going to mention all the other avos at the end. When looking at the bracha, one notices that there is a word missing. Normally in a bracha we say Baruch Hashem Al-Kinu Melech We mention the Malchus of Hashem. But here, there is no explicit reference to Malchus. The Torah explains that there is effectively Malchus in this bracha. We say Al-Ki Avraham. Avraham was the one who brought Malchus into the world, made the world recognize the Kosh Baruch So effectively, when we say Al-Ki Avraham, we're as if we're saying that Hashem is the Melech. Um, other Hirushim explain that Akel HaGadol HaGibar is an expression of Malchus, recognize Hashem's majesty and greatness in this world. That's the same 
same idea as Malchus, the same way the Mepharshim explained on Rosh Hashanah, we say Shema Yisrael, Shem Lakin Hashem Achad, even though there's no explicit reference to Malchus, that Pasuk is also included in the Malchus Brachos, the Bracha of Malchus in Rosh Hashanah. The Ritva explains, at the end of the Bracha we say, Malach Ozer Mashiach again, we say Hashem is the King, who is the Helper and Savior, um, that is potentially as well a reference to Malchus. But even if we give, it, give all these different interpretations, it's still strange why the Takana was not to explicitly mention Malchus in the Bracha. The Meiri explains the reason why Chazal didn't want to do this explicitly, didn't want to mention Malchus Hashem explicitly, is because since the Bracha was Niskan, was instituted to commemorate the Avos who, who instituted um, Tefillah, and we're trying to mention their Zuchuyos, during their time there wasn't a Malchus Mufar Semis. There wasn't an explicit Malchus in the world. It was only later on when Kaisal was established that the Malchus Hashem was more recognized. And therefore, we don't want to explicitly mention it, the, the, the idea of Malchus in this bracha. But nevertheless, we have a remiza to it, similar to the Rifa's interpretation at the end, where we say, Melech Ozer Mashiach Magid. The Miri offers another interpretation, and this is quoted by the Rokeach, um, quoted in the Bis Yosef in Orchaim Sinan Rishadalid, who explains that not every bracha is the same. If a bracha was to commemorate an act of creation, or for a mitzvah, or for Hanah, that requires recognizing Malchus Hashem. However, but for, for Tfilos and Makashus Rachamim, one does not require Malchus. Now, the Rishonim don't explain what the reason for this is. Um, the, the Bach quotes the Rokeh, who understands that the, the difference might be connected to the idea, is there a chiv to say the, the bracha or not? By tefillah, you don't have a chiv to daven. It's your initiative to daven. By brichos ha-mitzvah, brichos hodah, we have to react towards something and we have a chiv to respond. That's why we require malchus. But that doesn't really get to the core of what the reason why, why malchus is necessary. Potentially, the entire reason why we have to mention malchus is to associate the experience that we're having to HaKash and recognize it in the context of Hashem's Malchus. So that makes sense if we're required to make a bracha in reaction to something. And therefore, in response to that reaction, we have to connect it to Malchus Hashem. But if a person is doing is making a bracha because of his own initiative, and it's something that ideally one should always be doing, as the example of Tefillah, maybe there might be a reason why one does not need to say Malchus Hashem because it's already implied, the fact that he's initiating towards HaKash Baruch a bracha. Obviously, he's referring to Hashem and recognizing who, he, who this entity is, um, and that's why he's asking Akash Baruch Hu. Another interpretation why we don't mention Malchus is quoted by the Rebbe Nikar, and he interestingly, interestingly suggests that there's no Malchus because it's connected to the Geula that we mentioned earlier, the Brach that we mentioned beforehand. And while he doesn't explain exactly why this doesn't necessitate Malchus, it seems to be that the Rebbe Nikar is understanding that the initial Bracha that we recited at Birchas Yotzer, where we mentioned Barchat Hashem al Kinum Achalam, where we initiate Machos Hashem, and that continues into Avaraba, because it's Smuchal Chaberta, as well as Viat Sivinachon, which is also Smuchal Chaberta. And ultimately, because of Smichal Skulu Tfilah, we connect that, connect that awareness of Machos Hashem to Tfilah itself. That might be the reason why we don't have to mention Machos, because it's all connected. To the first bracha that we mentioned in, in Rechel's Kriyashma. Again, this might be reminiscent to the theme that we mentioned beforehand, that Tfila and Rechel's Kriyashma are connected, potentially 
again, listening the idea that's all part of one unit of, of Kabbalah's Amal Chashamayim. And that is the reason why we don't mention Malchus, because it's already implied in the brachas that we've mentioned beforehand, and that now we're bringing forward during this bracha as well. There is a pasuk that we recite before this bracha, and that's the pasuk of Hashem Sosaitifta the source for saying this bracha is quoted in the Gemara in Brachos. The Gemara says in the name of Rabbi Yochanan that he would say this pasuk, and it's considered uh, from the Gemara's language as a tefila arichtadamia. It's not an additional pasuk that that is mafsik between the geula and tefila. It's part of the tefila itself. And the question is, why is it part of the tefila itself? Rabbi Yonah suggests that if you look at this pasuk in context of Tehillim, it's really a explanation of what the function of tefillah is. Davon HaMelech in that Tehillim, Tehillim Nun Aleph, um, is explaining and describing the sin that he had with Bathsheba, and he did it b'mezid, he was chata b'mezid, and, and Davon HaMelech is explaining that since he did it b'mezid, he can't bring a carbon, but at least he could bring a, a tefillah towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's why he's saying, meaning to say that I'm preparing myself to Davin in the place of a carbon because I can't bring one now. And Rabbi Yonah explains that's the exact same idea that we're saying nowadays. Well, we don't have a base of Mikdash and we can't bring a carbon. We're saying Hashem allow us to bring a carbon now in the form of a, of a tefillah and it'll let it be miscal before you. In terms of halacha, the nature of this, of this pasuk is actually disputed. Is it really part of tefillah or is it just not a hafsaka of smicha skulu in the tefillah? The halacha in our Chaim Kufiyot Aleph um, on Sif Beis discusses this question. He seems to assume that it's not really part of tefillah, but it's something that you could say um, and would be considered a hafsaka between the gula and tefillah experience. Interesting to note, however, that even though it might not be tefillah mamish, we still have there's still an Indian to say this this pasuk out loud in the chazar sashats, suggesting that maybe it might be more than just a heter a pasuk which is allowed to be mentioned between gula and tefillah. Maybe maybe it's part of the tefillah itself. And that's why I have to say it out loud as part of the Chazar Sashats. So in light of this introduction, let's delve into the structure and interpretation of this bracha. There are five parts of this bracha. The first, Pasuk Hashem Tiftach, is the introduction um, to express proper prayer to Akash Baruch Hu. The second section is the first bracha, first sentence of the bracha. Bracha to Hashem, where we mention the Avos, we mention Hashem as the God of our forefathers. The third section is where we describe Hashem as powerful and who performs chesed, the fourth section is a recognition of Hashem's covenant um, where he does chesed to the Avos, and that is his chus to allow for the ultimate redemption of the children of the Avos, us. And the fifth section is the conclusion of the bracha where we recognize Hashem as the protector um, of our people. So delving into the details of this structure, the first section is the Pasuk Hashem an introduction to Shmon Asrei. We say, Hashem, open my mouth, and let my mouth express Tehillah. The Vujraham explains that on a simple level, we're basically asking HaKadosh Baruch to formulate uh, before HaKadosh Baruch the proper prayers and intentions before HaKadosh Baruch And he notes the word Hashem is in the Lashon of Anus, in contrast to the Shem Yukhe and the difference explains that Vudraham is that Lashon Anus always represents an interaction between man and a Baruch Hu. 
the Shem Yuki Vavke denotes that Ashkosh Baruch is beyond our comprehension. And therefore, it's very hard for us to interact and talk before our Kodesh Baruch in that, in that awareness. However, when we, when we mention Adnus, we're recognizing that we're able to approach our Kodesh Baruch and even, and even talk to them in, in the language of tefillah. First explains that if you look at the Pasuk in the context of Tehillim, the Lashon of Anus of Hashem Sivasai Tiftach is Davra Melech recognizing that even though I've sinned with Bathsheba, I'm, I'm aware and confident that I'll be able to call Hakash Baruch Hu, my master again, and thus be able to be a servant for him. And Davra Melech is saying, I hope to have the ability to serve you now and express praises before you. And that's what we're saying during Davening, the initiation to our tefillah is that we're accepting upon ourselves HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and then we're asking with that recognition to be able to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu through the tefillah and having that extend throughout the rest of our life. We then move into the actual bracha. We say in the second section, a blessing of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, um, recognizing Hashem as the God of our, of our fathers. Again, the reason why we mentioned the Avos, aside from the fact that they were the ones who initiated tefillah, aside from the Kuzri's explanation that it's a recognition of Hashem's relationship and our bond with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Refresh explains that the Avos were the one who taught us the Mesoros Hashem. They are the ones who taught us about HaKadosh Baruch Hu and we're relaying that information to our lives, continuing in the Mesorah. It's similar to, men, to the idea of Shema Yisrael, as Refresh explains, we don't have an, a clear awareness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the same way as our forefathers had at Harsinai, and we're just simply carrying that idea, that tradition forward to the next generation, and that's part of our Kabbalah's Amal Choshemayin. Arguably, that's the same idea here. We're mentioning the Avos as a way to invoke the, that idea of the Kodesh Baruch Hu, carrying it forward into our lives, and using that idea to submit ourselves before a Kodesh Baruch Hu. As an aside, the overall connection to this actual subsection of Meshach the Forefathers is the recognition of Hashem throughout our history. And that's correlative to actually the first section of Pesuk de Zimra, of Hodu, where we talk about a Kodesh Baruch Hu, always being there for us, always protecting us. And that those echoes come into the forefront um, when we initiate this aspect of the Baruch of Avos. So you mentioned, Baruch Hashem, blessed are you Hashem, where we submit ourselves before Kosh Baruch, we ask for Hashem to be recognized for the Shefa to come down into this world. We say, Elokeinu, our God, Elokei Avosinu, the God of our forefathers, Elokei Avram, Elokei Yitzchak, Elokei Yaakov, the God of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. The, the Mabit explains that we're emphasizing each and every Av, Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov, even though we said Al-Kainu, Al-Kainu, collectively, to emphasize that each Av in his own way had a unique Zuchus for Hashem to be expressed in their lives and develop a close connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, enabling their children, us, to have their relationship with Hashem as well. That's both on an individual level and on a, on a totality level um, as the collective Avos enabled us to have this relationship with Hashem. We mention Elkeinu, Elkeinu, our God, and the God of our forefathers. The Ilan Tefillah and Achron on the Siddur explains that it's interesting to note that the language and the order is first us, our recognition of Hashem, then our Father's recognition of Hashem. And that's a lesson in, in just Avodos Hashem in general. We have a responsibility to understand ourselves and develop for ourselves a relationship to Hashem. Anything beyond that or things that we need to learn from, we take from our, our forefathers and we rely on them as truths as well, aside from our own perceptions of, of reality. We find this many places in tefillah, this order, Hashem Melech, Hashem Melech, Hashem Yimloch. We say Hashem is the king now, 
Hashem will be the king, Hashem was the king. We first mentioned our current perception of Hashem, and we then reflect back. After discussing this initial recognition of, of Hashem as the God of our forefathers, we then move into a description of Hashem as powerful and nevertheless expressing kindness. This is obviously a general praise before Akash Baruch Hu. As we mentioned before, that's the reason why some of Hashem say you need to have specific kabanos during this, during this tefillah. Refresh explains that the discussions of Hashem's power and yet his chesed is to emphasize that even though Akash Baruch Hu is lofty and great and mighty, he nevertheless has a connection with us. And that's a great introduction to our tefillah process where we recognize that we have this bond with Akash Baruch Hu and he's interacting with us. It's also the same reason why the Rav explains this bracha is Kabbalah's Amach HaShemayim. We're mentioning Hashem as the powerful creator. And nevertheless, he's mashkiach over us. He's involved in our lives. And we're responsible as well to fulfill that ratzon of Hashem as he's involved in our lives and interacting with us. So we mention Kel HaGadol HaGibor Vanra, the God who's great, powerful, and mighty. This is found from a Pasuk that Moshe Rabbein himself relates in Dvarim Yud Zayin, this exact language. The Ramchal explains that you note that there are three languages, three names that were mentioning and those correlate to the three Avos, Avim, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Again, threading the Avos with their connection with HaKadosh Baruch Rubenir Rebbein in his parish in Shmos, Paraglam, Medalat, Pasuk Vav, explains that this language of Akel, Hagadol, Hagibor, the Hanora, all represent the Yigam Omidos of HaKadosh Baruch Akel is just Hashem as the ultimate entity, Rishon, without any specific Midah, but then it's expressed as Hagadol, which is the Midas HaChesed, Hagibor is Midas Adin, and Nora is Midas HaRachmim. Those add up altogether, assuming that each Midah has four different subsections into 12 plus Akel, which is 13. You have Yugim Amidos, recognizing Hashem's expressions in this world. We then mention that HaKash Baruch is Akel He's the God all on high, who's Goma Chasadim Tovim, he does chesed and he is acquiring of everything. Mabim explains on the Chumash that the words Kelion and Kone Hakol go together. Hashem is both the creator, Kelion, the first source of everything in all reality. And nevertheless, even though he's the creator, he's also involved in our lives. He's Kone Hakol. He's Kone Shemayim Arts. Everything is, is in his domain. And he's manig, he's guiding the world as he is the possessor of the world. Refresh takes this even further when we say Hashem is the Gomel Chasadam Tovim, recognizing that Hakash Baruch interacts with us and he does kindness with us. And therefore, there's no need to interact with an intermediary to communicate with Hakash Baruch. Hu. We can approach Hashem directly. This is our recognition of our bond and our connection to Hakash Baruch. Hu. Moving into the exact details, when we say Hashem is the Gomel Chasadam Tovim, um, Refresh explains as a general context. This is a reference, an echo to the quotations of Ashrei, where we emphasize Hashem's chesed and hashkacha over us, over humanity. And this is being reflected again in this aspect, this section of the bracha of Avos. The Rebbe Nikar notes that the language of Gomel chasadim tovim is a reference to a pasuk in Yeshayahu, Perik Samachim, Pasuk Zayin, where the Navi says, Gamlam berachamav, Hashem, you take care of them with in his in his mercy and according to the manifold of his chasadim. And the Mabim explains that the word rachamim and chesed have different connotations. 
Gomel Rachamav is a, a reaction to someone suffering. When one has Rachamanus over someone, they recognize the pain of the person and reacts to that pain. Chesed is not a reaction, it's just a natural expression of giving. And that's what uh, Rov Chasadov, according to the manifold of one's Chesed, not according to the other person's feelings or suffering. And in this context, it seems to be the Rebbe Nikar is explaining, Hashem is expressing both Rachmim and Chesed um, in trying to interact with us. When we mention Hashem does Chasadim Tovim, good Chasadim, it's a little strange because Chasadim are defi- by definition good. What is the good aspect of the Chasadim? Abu Jam explains the word Tov in this context just means better. Hashem does better Chasad than any human can do. The Ion Tfilah explains that the good means it's actually good. Hashem knows exactly what is good and how does he know what's good? Because Hashem is the Kelayon. Hashem knows what's right. He started, he created the world. He knows exactly what is good for man. And therefore, that chesed is reflective of, of what is ultimately good for that person. After discussing Hashem's, as the creator, he interacts with the world. We then recognize Hashem's covenant with the forefathers, with our forefathers, and that ultimately, ultimately leads to our redemption. As a general background, the first notes that, again, echoing Psukhidi Zimra's ideas, this aspect of Geula is, ref- is the reference to the rest of Psukhidi Zimra where we talk about the progression of B'nai Israel and the rest of the world to this ultimate state of Geula. Now we're echoing that as well in the last part of this, this bracha. So we mentioned, Shem remembers the kindness of the forefathers and brings a redeemer to their children for the sake of his name with love. As a general sense, if you notice the language in Hebrew, it's, this is written in the present tense, but the Avodah notes that it's both a reference, it's a reference to the past, the present, as well as the future. Hashem interacts with kindness to redeem B'nai Yisrael in the past. He does it now to save us from the Gaulus, and in the future will bring us to the ultimate redemption. In terms of the remembering of the Chaste Avos, who are these Avos exactly? So the Avodah explains, you know, following in the, with the theme of the rest of the bracha, it's seemingly referring to the, the Avos, the forefathers. Hashem remembers the bris of the Avos, and he, he continues that bris going forward. Alternatively, Abu Jam explains this, this chesed of the Avos is not referring to the Avos, the forefathers of Avram, Mitzchak, and Yaakov. It's referring to the Avos who left Mitzrayim. The fact that they left Mitzrayim, they had so much faith in Akash Baruch Hu. That was the expression of chesed. And Hashem remembers that and continues that going forward. And that's his chus. For the Geula. We then mention Hashem is maybe Goel and Nevinehem, Laman Shemo. Hirsch explains that the language Laman Shemo is connected back to Nevinehem. The children of the forefathers are serving Hashem Laman Shemo. They're fulfilling the same exact duty as their forefathers have done. They're following the legacy, following the Messiah of their forefathers. And that is the schos that causes Akash Baruch to express and bring the ultimate Geula. Following in with this interpretation, the Vujam explains the language Biahava means that Kashbrochu simply is expressing his love towards us in bringing the Geula, arguably an expression of the fact that we are committed to Kashbrochu, Hashem reciprocates by expressing that love. The Vujam gives a different interpretation of what the wording Laman Shmo means, and he explains that while Hashem could bring the Geula, the Chasad of the Avos, even if there's no Zuchus Avos, Hashem is going to redeem B'nai Yisrael, the sake of Hashem's name, 
be marba pro even without the zchos avos. And that's what the Yun Tfilah explains is the last word of the section of the Ahava, meaning even though we don't have the zchios of the avos, and Shem is only doing it in Shemo, nevertheless, and despite the fact that there's no zchios, Hashem still is expressing that love towards his nation. We then conclude after discussing Hashem interacting with the Bnei Yisrael and bringing the ultimate gulua to the Bnei Yisrael as they're following in the footsteps of our forefathers, we conclude with a blessing, recognizing Hashem as a protector. We recognize Hashem as the Melech Ozer Bashiach again. Again, we mentioned the idea of Malchus, ultimately, seemingly a culmination to the, to the bracha, we finally recognize Hashem and are able to fully express the Malchus, um, his, his interactions in this world. We add Hashem is the Ozer Moshiach Umagin, the helper, savior, and shield. While these languages seem very similar, the Drashos Ibn Shu'eb, as we mentioned beforehand, notes that all the words in Shemona Esri have a specific meaning. And he explains in this context, it means sometimes while we recognize Hashem as a king, not every king is able to be a savior. But Hashem is able to be a savior. And while not all saviors, while all, while all saviors try to help people out, um, sometimes they could be overpowered by other powers. But Akash Baruch Hu is the ultimate Moshe Elmagin. Hashem will ultimately protect everyone, um, the people who he's trying to save from all the other forces because he's ultimately in control of everything. So that's a recognition of Hashem's ultimate dominion and control over the world. And our first concludes that the reason why we're mentioning the fact that Hashem is in control of the world in context of the Avos is exactly this point from the fact that we're following in the footsteps of, of the Avos taking responsibility to carry their legacy forward, their Mesorah forward, their ideas forward, that's what's going to allow Akash, or enable Akash Baruch to reflect upon us that Yeshua, that protection as well. We then conclude with the bracha, Baruch HaTashem, Agin Avraham, Blessed you Hashem, the shield of Avraham. And the first explains that the word blessed means pledge. We're pledging to follow Akash Baruch in light of our awareness of, of Avraham Avinu's interaction and relationship with Akash Baruch Avram Avinu said, Hineni, here I am, I want to fulfill the Ratzon Hashem despite its challenges. Every, every Jew must also approach life with that awareness and willingness to submit himself to serve Hashem. And that will elicit a response from HaKadosh Baruch Hu to be a Muggin, a protection for, for him. So just to put everything into review, we initiate the Shmoneser with Hashem, we ask Hashem for us to be able to express the tefillah properly recognize Hashem is able to, we're able to have a relationship with Him in the Lashem Anos, and we recognize that we're able to view HaKash Baruch as, as a master, where we're able to submit ourselves before HaKash Baruch and fulfill His Ratzon. And with that awareness, we then move into the Bracha, we bless Hashem as He is the God of our forefathers, we recognize that we have a relationship with HaKash Baruch through this Chos of the Avos, they're the ones who initiated our tefillah, and we're, we're carrying forward the tradition of the Avos, and fulfilling that Ratzon as well in our own lives. We recognize each individual Av as an entity which allowed for that relationship to be developed, as well as the collective Avos um, in, their, in their interaction with the Kosh Baruch Hu, paved the way for us to have that relationship with the Kosh Baruch Hu as well. We then initiate praising Akash Baruch Hu as powerful and kind, both recognizing him as the Kel Elyon, Gomel Chasidim Tavim, both the creator of the world, but also interacts with us as he's the possessor of the world and he interacts with us with chesed. And then we move to the fourth section where we recognize that as Hashem is in control of the world, he remembers this chos avos and brings us redemption to, our, to us 
the children of the forefathers, both as we are fulfilling the will of Hashem through the Messorah of our, of our parents and our grandparents and carrying that legacy forward ultimately to the Gula. Alternatively, even if we're not Zoha to that Zuchos Avos, Hashem still will redeem us and nevertheless express Ava towards that relationship He has with us. And with that, we conclude Melech Ozeri Moshiach. Again, the fifth section where we recognize Hashem as the king and he's ultimately the one who's going to protect us because he's in total control over all reality. And that's a reflection of our relationship that we have with him following the footsteps of the Avos. And we pledge Baruch HaTashem again Avraham. We pledge in light of the recognition of, of Avram's commitment to Akash Baruch Hu, his willingness to serve Hashem amidst all the Nisyonos, we too commit ourselves to serve Akash Baruch Hu, following the footsteps of Avram Avinu and attaining that protection from Akash Baruch Hu. So again, this is a proper introduction to the Shemona Esrei, the first bracha, as we recognize Akash Baruch Hu in his various traits, his interactions with us, the bond that he has with us, and also our commitment to Akash Baruch Hu. Like the Rav Ben Ram says, the first step of, of Shemona Esrei is to first be Mekabah Olmach HaShemayim, and with that, that leads to the, towards the rest of the brachos of, of the tefillah.